0: Hello, Mountaineer Nation. Zach and CJ came to join me here on the porch. We got into a little bit of a discussion this evening uh, about the the bowl opportunity versus Minnesota, the Kansas win, kind of where we're at as a program in football. Then we hit on some basketball. We also talk about our favorite man who lives in a trash can, so that'll be interesting to get in get into. Um, we, we'll dive into some information, and this was recorded before the Letty Brown news opting out of the bowl game and National Signing Day. So we'll come back uh, with more Mountaineer football talk, especially about Letty Brown and about the bowl game in general uh, in National Signing Day as well. But you guys know what to do. going to be a lot of hoops talk tonight here on the porch with us. And, again, grab that drink if it's in the evening. Grab the coffee feel stuff if it's in the morning. Come on back as we're talking all things Mountaineers here on the porch. Let's go.
1: Ah fellas Good to be back uh little week hiatus haven't talked about the uh the
0: Kansas win or a couple of hoops wins but um good to have everyone back and man I mean no therapy needed we've we've been winning of late we'll uh hope to keep that going the holiday cheer and uh how's it going fellas good good to have you back and uh
1: let's uh let's talk some hoops
0: especially tonight.
1: Hell yeah, glad to be back. Glad to uh, yeah be on a nice little positive run for a change. It 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 is yeah, nice. Yeah. It felt like there in September it was uh, a lot of doom and gloom.
2: Yeah, that's one way to put it, but yeah, definitely definitely good to be back. Uh give a little recharge, everybody got, you know, a little refresh, time to work off the turkey a little bit and get ready for the big old ham on Christmas Day.
1: <laughs> the ham on Christmas Day. See, do we do prime
0: rib actually? And uh shrimp just so you know. That's
1: hot class. It is. It is.
0: I appreciate that. Well, I mean, it helps that uh, my cousin owns a Piggly Wiggly, so we just kind of, you know,
1: it's a good hot class wig.
0: of meat. There. Oh, yeah, big on the pig, man.
1: Big on the pig wig. I'll dig it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, fellas, let's let's go ahead here real quick. Like we said, tonight, mainly, primarily, um, going to be hoops. But just to kind of uh, – we're going to have a bowl actually – uh, a true bowl preview show for the guaranteed rate bowl out there in Phoenix but um sort of just initial thoughts man or not initial they're they're far from initial at this point in time but you've had a little time to marinate and think about it how do you feel about you know the season in general 6 and 6 closing it out getting into the bowl game you know uh, I'll go ahead and, and I'll, I'll I'll let Zach start I'm sure he'll defer he might not here but um how are you guys feeling about that
1: and of course, a the while. matchup
0: versus uh, PJ and the boys. Yeah,
1: it's been a while, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. Uh, <laughs> You've I'm had
0: time be- to formulate.
1: Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you said, six wins after starting off two and four. Obviously, we got the most brutal part of our schedule out of the way early. But even though we had more winnable games in the second half, we more often than not, took care of business, and that's what you want. I mean, losing games in the second half to Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State—I'm sorry, Kansas State and Oklahoma State—it's been a while now, I'm starting to forget. But those are games <laughs> that you can probably excuse. Kansas State was pretty pretty strong this season, all things considered. Um, obviously, everybody knows about Oklahoma State's prowess, and you know they were just inches short of a playoff appearance, and it was it was a tough end for them, but one hell of a team that Gundy and the boys had going there. So those are two losses you can probably accept. Otherwise, they took care of business. And I'm I'm happy. I'm happy overall. I hope that it's a springboard into this bowl game against the Embro the Boat fellas in Minnesota. And hopefully we can pull off something like we did last year against Army, trying to springboard us into next season when things really need to take off and plus, good vibes down there in the desert from prior bowl games. We've
0: we've had a yeah. we've had our we've had a good good luck going down to Arizona. So hopefully, that continues. Zach, I like your point that you, you mentioned about you know just kind of stayed the course and um, found a way. Uh, you know to find a way to get six after that two and four start. I think we were all optimistic and thinking it could happen. We were probably one of the few places where you got that optimism. And it was nice to see it come to fruition. But, uh, CJ, what you got, buddy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with, with Zach on a lot of what he said. You know, I mean, you know, you had some some hopes coming into the year. But, you know, I mean, this team did what you kind of expect a young team to do, which is to be consistently inconsistent. Um You know, a couple of heartbreaking losses. Um, Obviously, your opportunity there at Oklahoma, and you just couldn't quite finish it. Um, Texas Tech, for at least one half, was good. Um, You know, K-State's kind of a tough loss, but that's a team you turn the ball over, you're not going to beat them. But, I mean, to to show some fight and resiliency down the end, um, you know, get a big win against Texas, go to Kansas and handle business, and, and put yourself in a position to, to play in a bowl game, um, get the extra reps, the extra prep time, um, you know, and like you said, maybe springboard this into something for, for next year. I think all in all you'll, you know, chalk it up to, okay, let's let's see what they've got and let's get ready, you know, with the class he's got coming in, coming Wednesday, and let's really get this thing rolling.
0: Um, I just want to bring up real quickly, you talked about the team being consistently inconsistent. If you think about this season, um, and you remember Maryland, game one, four turnovers. If you turn that around, that's an easy win, right? You only lose by six as is. The Texas Tech game, if you get a little more favorable call at midfield on that uh on that, you know, doesn't they don't get the field goal before the half. You lose by three. I mean, the dude was short by about two and a half yards and they somehow gave him a first down and Tech got that additional three points, which proved to be very pivotal for them. Um, but like we said, I mean Second half of the season, you had some really, truly bright spot type of football games, the Texas game, the Iowa State game at home. You had to feel like this program's turning the corner, and uh, I think we definitely, definitely are. Um, You saw guys like Caden Prather come out there against Kansas State, really show up and show out, and uh, it was nice to see. And then, you know, a performance like Tony Mathis had against KU, Um, and hopefully we'll see a little more of that down there in the desert um, as we try and sink the boat. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to find water down there in the desert, but we're going to do our damnedest to do it. Um, You know, I think it's really interesting we talked about the portal here real quick. I do want to give one thought on that, fellas. You know, you've been hearing a lot of people talk about how, you know, we have some of the highest numbers of transfers and all that, and, 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 you know, yada, 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 right? And while that might be true in terms of quantity, I feel like the quality of leads, maybe other than Ty Key and Dreshawn Miller, has not been, you know, kind of outlandish in terms of the talent we're losing. And I feel like we've hit on a number of good, good recruiting, you know, transfers that have come in. I mean, you think about the Tony Fields of the world. Um, we've, We've done all right in that department too. Doug Nestor, you know, pivotal pieces to the team. A lot of it is, like we said, quantity of guys. And let's be real. If you're not a, if you're an 18, 19 year old kid, you're not from the state of West Virginia and you're not playing, the allure to go somewhere where it's a little warmer and you might actually get some time, you know, on a Conference USA level or on a, you know, FCS level would be pretty would, – would be kind of a, something that you'd have to look into, right? So I think that is part of why the transfer uh, portal departure looks so, so drastic for us is because guys don't want to hang around in a cold place in West Virginia, let's be honest, when they're not playing. And I think that's why it's going to look that way. But the actual discrepancy and the amount of talent that we bring in versus the, the, the production that we lose. Morgantown. You don't have a chance to play in Morgantown. I think you leave and you're going to go to a you know a D2 school, S C S, Conference USA, and have a chance to go play. I just think that's the reality of it. So I think we're always going to have this situation at WDU where the quantity of guys leaving us in the transfer portal is going to be somewhat high. Now, that might hurt us in depth eventually, but I don't think it's something that we need to, like, be chicken little the sky is falling every time a kid who's a backup linebacker decides that he wants to go play, you know, at, at East Tennessee State when he is a third stringer for us. I don't know. Just my opinion, always going to be the way it's cold in Morgantown. If you don't love it and you're not from the state, there's an allure to go other places. I think that's only fair. I don't think it's that the climb is not being trusted as you have a lot of these jokers like Brad Smith want to try and make it out to be. And, you know, I'm like, off. i box, fellas. I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're know, off then, man. We appreciate the candidness. So, and then you mentioned a guy like, you know, you think about guys like TJ Banks. He's been a backup tight end for a while. Looking for maybe another opportunity. He sees the writing on the wall with somebody like, obviously, Mike O. He is the starter, he's to get most of the time when he's healthy. He may see a guy behind him like Victor Wickstrom, a freshman this year, who might end up making huge strides. And you know, the writing may be on the wall with that kind of thing. And then somebody like Randy on. What is it? Corbin Page as well. Corbin Page, absolutely. Spring Valley boy. You see a guy like I also heard this, Zach, that TJ wasn't necessarily the most uh likable guy in the locker room. Okay, well, that could be. Doesn't help. And I'm sure that wasn't something that he was uh, commended on. So that was probably something that was made very clear to him throughout the season and probably throughout this time now. So, you know, like I said, writing on the wall with these guys and then, like I mentioned, some somebody like Van Darius Cowan, you know, he had some stuff throughout his tenure at West Virginia, obviously before he got to town I think maybe that had kind of run his course. Him transferring to Maryland, you know, not something that kills you and not something that's completely surprising. So, obviously, every every transfer is like a snowflake. They're all different. But, you know, as far as the sheer number of it all, I think that it may be overblown, and I, I don't have any reason to believe that they're they're not doing exactly what they need to do, need to do as far as that's concerned. Like, things are going to work out just fine. Exactly. did you use that snowflake example for just, you know, happenstance or did you kind of mean something by it oh that was that was unintentional but I like it I I, I, I thought you were going somewhere and I really was liking it but I'll I'll go ahead and I'll I'll step back
2: (laughs) uh, you know I I, (laughs) already on the soapbox (laughs) I I I tend to kind of agree agree with Zach there I mean everything's a little different you know I think Cowan I I think the the stupid penalty at K-State um kind of sealed his fate, because that's something they've dealt with in the past, him being smarter, and you know, a guy like Isaiah Esdale, you know, I think he's, you know, he, he just flat out said, you know, he, he wanted to see more more time, more balls. In a wide receiving room that deep, that was going to be tough. Every Everybody transfers for different reasons. Um, I don't think it's, like you said, Blaine, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. You know, there was a stat I heard, Um, Earlier this week or over the weekend, like in a four-day span, like 260-plus guys entered the portal. So it's not just a West Virginia issue. It's happening at all schools. We're just truly invested in ours, which is why we see it. So, I mean, you know, it it happens. It's, it's, you know, a part of the landscape now. Um, Yeah, the portal probably does need some work. The pendulum swung dramatically the other way. As opposed to where it was a couple of years ago, but I mean, it's just kind of the world we live in right now.
0: Oh, the portal needs work, CJ. Oh yeah, Let's, I, don't, I don't think you no know qualms about that. it. It needs big time work, but. But here's I right. think, a guy it's,
2: like T.J. It's Banks... Gonna,
0: it's going to get worked out. It's going to find itself to a happy medium eventually.
2: Yeah, it's going to work itself out. And, I mean, but here's the thing. If a guy like T.J. Banks doesn't want to be there, then all right, cool. I mean, you know, God bless him. We don't need you in the – you know, we we might need you in the bowl game. But, I mean, if you don't want to be there, there's no point in making the kids stay. So, Quite honestly, if you don't want to be there, I'd rather you not be there. Yeah, and I, and I think the two kids behind him that they're really high on, I think he saw the writing on the wall and realized, mm, they're going to jump me on the depth charts. Because they love those two kids they got up there, and then you expect O'Laughlin to hopefully get back and hopefully stay healthy.
0: Yeah, and, and you know we're, we're getting a little myopic into one position here. Well, the whole bringing up and, I mean, the here's... transport in general is just to kind of say that, hey, it's not nearly as bad as what people kind of want to make it out to be. Um, it's it's a little it's a little less kind of uh, drastic, I think, than some want to get at it. Uh, um, one guy lives in a trash in particular and CJ I know that we kind of wanted to hit on that real quickly here
2: um, some people are starting to catch on here finally right finally I I would hope so um, I, I don't know I mean if if you're somewhat new to our program um, the, the guy we're talking about is Brad Smith over at the Voice of Morgantown i hey,
1: bitch. A fucking trash
2: can just an absolute he calls himself a journalist but let's be realistic he's a shit stirrer lower KJ journalist yeah lo, lower KJ journalist I mean it's uh, we I wouldn't even say honestly true and and Blaine and I had jokingly said we should put together his top 10 most outlandish the reality is he's put so much crap out there like literally it was making me nauseated to try and read all of it <laughs> So, I pulled just a few headlines, and all of these are pretty much over the last couple of months. That's just how absurd it is that I couldn't get beyond it. Um, one is, you know, West Virginia almost hired one of the best head coaches in the country, uh, basically telling the fan base that Shane Lyons screwed up and hired Neil Brown instead of Luke Fickle. Just... Wow, and then we hit on the the, the transfer thing. He's big into that. Um, here, here's probably hey, my favorite. Hey,
0: let me say one thing on that CJ real quick though okay. about about the Luke Fickle thing. The reality is that should give you even more confidence in Shane Lime for the Neil Brown hire because he was thinking about getting Luke Fickle at the same time as Neil Brown, right? Like those were your two main candidates. So let's let's have a little faith here. He he inherited an absolute ship how from Dana let's all remember that real quick
2: yeah and it wasn't like you know fickle inherited an awful squad there at Cincinnati I mean he he walked into a pretty good situation there so I mean well, he's got building it as well correct and, and he's built it and it's and it's taken time and that's the same thing for for Neil it's going to take time and you know just be patient you know continue to trust in what what they're doing up there um, be patient. Here, be patient. Here, here's the best one I found, and I, and ironically, it, it just it came out today. But the headline was the perfect transfer quarterback fit at West Virginia. That was the headline. The person he is calling the best fit in the portal right now at QB for us is Bo Nix.
0: Bo, you don't know diddly. Big time West Virginia name, <laughs> backwoods Bonics Bo, no. Um.
2: But I've just like the oh, Nix oh, is in the portal though. Nix is in the portal. I'm shocked by that, honestly. I kind of am too. that. He's a is from what I th- if I'm I'm pretty sure I think he's a grad transfer though. So I don't think he's uh, a okay. typical portal dude. I think he's a grad transfer. Um. Kind of, kind of shocked to see him do that. Not, not as shocked as you know some some of the other names that you've seen enter. I mean, obviously we all knew Spencer Rattler was going to enter the portal, but um, yeah, that to me was more that to me is a more of a shock than Bo Nix being in the portal that he went to South Carolina. But you know, whatever
0: he needed a quarterback
2: badly though.
0: True. Are on right, the right, big time quarterbacks don't want to play for. For South Carolina? Is that, is that what you're telling
2: me? <laughs> no, just of all the schools he was looking at, that one, that that would not have been my leader in the clubhouse. But... Oh,
0: hey, remember last year when Brad said that uh, Neil Brown was the surefire hire for South Carolina? You remember that one, CJ? Oh,
2: God, yes. Good Lord.
0: Maybe, maybe that's why Rattler went there. Is he, does he open Neil comes? I think he does, Zach. I think that's what it is. He's ready for Neil in like two years from now when he's like getting ready to leave.
2: Yeah.
0: Makes total sense. Hundred percent. Why wouldn't
2: you do it? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I just I mean, here's my thing: if, if you're a Mountaineer fan, do you, do yourself a favor. Find better quality content than the voice of Motown and Brad Smith. I mean, for the love of God, and I it it can be us. I mean, there there's a bunch of really good stuff out there. Like, get off this guy's trash site. Like, my
0: bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. <laughs> like,
2: there's him, and then there's this other dude. I don't even know his name, but he's on YouTube. Like, those two guys, do not give them your time. Don't give them your clicks. Don't give them your energy. Like, legit, shut those guys up by stop listening to their bullshit.
0: Oh, the old golden blue dude. That's yes, that guy A-
2: pisses me off more than Brad does, and I didn't know that was humanly freaking possible.
0: That's saying something right there. That is, like, literally, you I can't get through. Same me. conversation
2: as Brad. That's something. Dude, I can't get through 30 seconds of his videos without just wanting to, like, punch the dude in the face. But I, I, I say all that because those are guys that, and I get it, we're a passionate fan base, right? We're fans. We're fanatics. We, we can be unrealistic at times. But let, let's take a deep breath and understand that, you know what, and you made a good point about, Neil recruiting guys that fit what they want to do. It's very Huggins-esque, right? We don't give a crap about the stars. We don't give a crap about the ratings. Like, we're trying to find guys that fit what we want to do and want to be a part of what we're doing. You know, everybody gets wrapped up in the stars. We've had two five-star recruits in West Virginia football history. You know the names? Jason Gwaltney. Jason Gwaltney's one of them. Noel Devine. He was getting popcorn at my
0: uh, Halloween party a few years back. Came with a Yankees hat. had his own popcorn. Sit around the kitchen for like 10 minutes, no costume. Everyone else was decked out. And then he left. That's my Jason Gualtney story.
2: Yeah. I mean, here's the amazing thing. And the other one, of course, is Noel Devine, who we all know. Had the
0: personality of a wet rag.
2: Yeah. We all know what Noel did. But could you take a guess on how many carries Jason Gualtney had in his career at WVU? 15. 45.
0: Ooh, Zach, if we could have just went 15 times three, we had it, dude. (laughs)
2: Damn it. But, so close. But that that's what that tells you is that sometimes the star ratings don't do not mean a whole lot. I mean, as, as much as this is going to pain me to say it, one of the guys sitting in New York Saturday night for the Heisman was a three-star recruit and arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the country this year. In don't you Kentucky.
0: bring up his name. He should not have been in there with Matt Corral. We will not speak anymore. I, I'm you, not, you mean the, I'm, I'm you mean not the quarterback we, at the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> but, but you
2: know what, Matt Corral's another good one. Matt you know what? I Corral. hope
0: you do that, Zach, because the Steelers will fall flat for a decade if you do. Hey, hey, keep <laughs> him on feel. He knows how to play there. I, don't, I don't love it. I hope. I, I hope so. I hope you do it. Well, but you know, Joey we, B will be roasting that ass for a decade to come.
2: But you know what, Blaine? That that's another good name right there, Matt Corral. Matt Corral wasn't a hugely sought-after quarterback, prospect coming out of high school. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes those you get caught up in those things, and they and they don't matter. What matters is fit and personality and yeah. and all of that. And, you know, we hit on the transfer portal. Alabama gets a bunch of those guys that go in there a year, and then they leave because, well, you know, I'm it's an extremely crowded room in a lot of those positions, especially wide receivers. Yeah, only 11
0: dudes can play on the field at the same time, CJ. Do what? I said only 11 dudes can play on the field at the same time. That's why they leave there.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, but get good quality content. Find people that are are putting out good stuff that are, you know, being honest but not being, oh, my God, the world is ending. Let's fire Neil Brown because the last time we really called for a coach's head like this, I feel like, was Bobby Bowden. We all kind of know how that one ended, I think. Dude's in the Hall of Fame. R.I.P. Bobby, but, like, stop stop trying to... at CJ, listen to something else, boy. Exactly. Like, find something that's out there that can give you what you want, that's plugged in, that knows what's going on. Because Brad claims to be plugged in, but the reality is he doesn't know Jack. He. There are people up there that cannot stand that guy, and I think if they could find a way to lock him out, they would, but they just haven't found a way to do it yet.
0: Hey, um, we we continue to, we continue to harp on him, right? Um, but I I think it's Zach it's unless you want to give just a little a little of your two cents here real quick before we move on.
2: Get
0: him, Zach. CJ you brought up a, a lot of stuff about basketball, so I kinda wanna get to that. No, I won't I won't harp on it too much. CJ pretty much hit it all. I just think that you know, when people are feeding in to complete conjecture Stuff that's based very loosely on fact or even reality. It's more opinion. Exactly. It's not it's not true journalism and it shouldn't be treated as such. I mean when I have family members asking me about things on Facebook that I automatically know are from that site, and I'm just like, no. Did you see that on did you see that on Voice of Motown? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, don't look at that anymore. It's not <laughs> Giving you any reliable information, so if you see a fire on there from Voice of Motown, just know it's a bunch of crap. Period. So it, it literally is trash. That's, that, that's fine. Just don't listen to that. Yeah, it literally is trash. It's uh just like you know the clip says, he bitch he lives in a trash can. You know, uh, from our good friend Dave Chappelle.
1: Like bitch, I live in a fucking trash can.
0: So um, fellas, let's get into hoops, man. I know we kind of we kind of joked off air we were just going to do hoops, but we've been we have been away so long we had to talk some football there. Um, let's get into basketball though. Now let's roll out the carpet and bring up the Mountaineers. I know before the season you were a little bit hesitant on what you thought this team could do. CJ, I think you were a little bit there with them as well. So, we've now seen this team pretty much throughout the non-conference season. We've got, you know, two more non-conference games. Big 12 play starts up on January 1st against the Longhorns in Austin. And then we've also got the uh, the Big 12 SEC shootout game there that we're going to play Arkansas must bus as well. What are your thoughts, though, so far? I mean, one kind of bad loss where we kind of lost ourselves against Marquette. Otherwise... Like this group, like CJ brought up earlier, you know, talking about how we recruit. They play their style, and we might not do anything extremely well, but we just we just win, baby. It's like Al Davis back in the day with the Raiders. We just win. And I really like that and kind of like this the 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 attitude of this team. Maybe not the execution, maybe not the stats, but the attitude and the grind and the grit is definitely there right now. It's a true Hugging style program right now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think we've proven that we are a good team and we're more than capable of hanging with you know most anybody. But there are still things about this team that I am wary of. I know that the defense is going to be solid and probably even better than that. Pretty much every night, like they're going to go out there and bust it. They're going to speed their opponent up. They're going to make them scramble for the most part. And, yeah, they'll give up the occasional open three because they're scrambling and, you know, just flying around all over the place. But that defense has been damn tough. And what they did against UConn, despite them being down a couple starters, which were probably, you know, two of the bigger guys they could have afforded to be losing at the time. But they they did a hell of a job against them. And despite shooting horrendously from the free throw line, they still managed to pull it out at the end. My concerns remain the same. We've talked about it amongst ourselves, but finding somebody to supplement scoring besides Taz and Sean because once we get into conference play, you know, especially against teams like Baylor, we saw what they did against Villanova on Sunday. Um, you know, Texas is tough. Iowa State's playing out of their mind. Kansas goes without saying. These teams are not going to allow Taz, especially and also Sean to, you know, dictate everything we do offensively. We have to have one or two guys step up and try and supplement their scoring. And also, I mean, rebounding is going to get tougher and tougher in this league. We're getting a little better. I think Polycap is really starting to step up. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. But those are my two big concerns that I want to see improve, and they and they could, they very well could. But I just I want to see it. But I think this team is a NCAA tournament team. I truly do. Hey Zach, I, I'm, you know, I've been with it the whole year in terms of NCAA double tournament, tournament team. Something you did bring up though that I I, I think is very interesting, and and I, I do want to hit on. The Sando loss was a big one in that game, without question, because I don't think we faced a team yet that's had a big man that we uh have had to fear right and another thing you hit on there yeah baylor wiped the floor of villanova but i think if you didn't have villanova on the front of that jersey this year i'm not sure how highly ranked they would be i think getting hey, a lot so of love living off that brand what was that there? i'm sorry to cut you off i was just saying i feel like you have that vibe about villanova pretty consistently though no? i think you're right
2: yeah, I think I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, for what Baylor did to to a very well-coached middle of the team, man, that was I – mean, Villanova's a good team. I think Baylor's just better, um, and I think that showed Saturday. But, Zach, Zach, I tend to agree with you. I love what this team is defensively, at least from the energy standpoint. Um, they're scrappy. They're fighting. They're getting after it. Um, now, straight-line drive, it, it hasn't really changed over the last couple of years, as Huggins would say. Uh, we can't really stay in front of anybody, um, but they are their ability to rotate and fly around. Um, I think it's kind of helped that a little bit, um, you know. And- and on, on that note, real quick, I, I don't want to because I do
0: want to bring this point. I, I want you, if you can, kind of continue to think what you're thinking there, but I do want to ask this question, Zach. The straight line drive obviously is a problem, right? And we and we definitely rotate, but the over rotation at times. What's your thought on that, man? Do you think that, obviously, is why they get so many open looks for three? Would you rather have the over-rotations and speeding guys up so much to where they're feeling rushed taking those three-point shots, even though they're open? Or would you rather not us kind of help as much as we do sometimes and kind of over-help the factor? I, I think it's a byproduct of how they play, obviously. I mean, they're flying around, like I mentioned. They are trying to cause havoc. And, I mean, obviously, you're not going to have most games where, you know, we're allowing so many open shots based on our rotation and just getting all over them like we did against UConn. I believe they went one for 17 from three or something like that. reason for 21, was, Okay, I didn't even know it was that good. It was pretty <laughs> brutal there for a but, you know, it's, it's funny because you probably were right. It probably was 1-17. of 17, And then R.J. Cole hit two from literally the same spot it felt like in the game. You're and right. And then we shut him down again. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. So that's not typically how it's going to be. When teams, especially in the Big 12, get that many open looks at three, they're not going to shoot that low of a clip. Now, at the same time, when you're running teams around like we do defensively and really get sped up. You know, you're going to have guys that are, you know, a little more tired, not having the legs under the shot, things like that. But it's hard to rely on low shooting percentages like that when you can't rotate as effectively as you want to. But again, you get a lot of chaos out of your defense when you play that way. So you just have to make it to where you're getting more positives out of that than negatives. And, you know, you see how many open shots we give up game to game by moving around like that so it's just got to continue to develop and they've got to get a little better on rotations but that's another thing i think will come yeah
2: yeah and yeah. i, think, and I length, think
0: you're right about that too for sure just so yeah. go ahead CJ.
2: and i think our length helps on that too i mean we got some guys that are that are kind of long as they're rotating and running out and closing guys out um that's going to be the big thing though is you cause havoc is is make sure like close out on shooters just don't run at them because um, if you run at them and they get around you, then all of a sudden that over rotation—that's when it really shows itself. Um, when a guy gets around, all of a sudden breaks that. Now he's you know 15 feet with a bunch of options. That's kind of a.k. the mark. Yeah, um, but the, the two things that really concern me with this team right now is, and, and Zach, I hit really both of them is finding somebody to score. Um, outside of Sean and Taz, uh, the Kent State game, man. When Taz went out, the offense stops. Like it's it's ugly looking. Um, and then the other well, one is Taz,
0: with him in the game early. Sean was making some shots, and then Taz kind of took it over again, sort of like UConn as well.
2: Yeah, um, it's just they, they've got to find some some somebody, and it can be different. It needs every to be Jalen
0: Bridges, CJ. Yeah, he needs he, to get more grip I mean, him shooting three shots in the past in both of the last two games and going one for three, essentially making one three per game. Come on, JP. We gotta have it from you, buddy. Yeah, you're you're too good of a player to only shoot two corner threes a game. Yeah. I don't understand
2: that. Yeah, I I don't either. He he's gotta start getting a little more aggressive to start really looking for his shot and stuff, deferring. Um, but but the other thing that kinda concerns me at times is the free throw shooting. Um and, and I know with of a lot of it was Gabe because Gabe was getting fouled. And he was extremely aggressive on the offensive end. But even Taz and Sean missed a couple down the stretch. It could have really put that thing away quicker than it was. So their struggles at the line are, are – and you're not going to get any better. There's no magical cure. It is what it is at this point. But um, got to find a way to make those because you're not going to dominate people rebounding the ball. Um you're we're getting better and they're fighting on that end and you can see it. Um, but I mean this isn't gonna be your typical Huggins team that out rebounds people by ten or fifteen a game. They're they're gonna be more into that negative four to positive four range.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there, CJ, about we're not gonna create the extra shots like we have in the past. I mean, yesterday, Kent shot nine more shots than we did, right? It's that's that's not typical even though we had seven more rebounds um did it, it Erline, did it feel to you like we,
2: yeah it sorry to cut you off but did it feel to you like we out rebounded them cuz it didn't me watching the game um
0: yeah i think so because
2: they missed so many i there was I a thought one was point same. i went and looked at it we were plus 3 and i'm like really cuz it just felt like they were getting more of them and maybe it was just that stretch in the game but it just felt like at times they they should have held the margin.
0: What What did what, you have there, Zach? Yeah, and I would, I would agree to, that, to some extent. I was just saying it did seem pretty even on the rebounding side. Like, it wasn't too much one way or the other. I thought it would be close to about the same just watching the game and it played out that way. I mean, like CJ said, I think we are rebounded about three or so. And that's, that's pretty much what I would have expected just by watching the game, so – that's a team that doesn't have a lot of size, though. And that's, that's what's concerning. Like we, we didn't out on a team that wasn't that big. So I don't know. That's, that's something that we really just need to uh, get figured out. Well, Maybe playing Cindy more. I mean, Cindy got some minutes against Kens, but something needs to change. Now, fellas, I do want to bring that's, this up. We're, we're kind of harping on yesterday. Against UConn, a team full of a lot of athletic guys. Granted, they didn't have Sango, but we only got that rebound by four. That's holding your own against a team like that. I think we got to just hold our own in the glass. And we'll create other ways to find ways to win games by turning guys over. Obviously, the free throw shooting, CJ, like you brought up, huge factor. We got to get better there. If you take out Gabe in the UConn game, we're 10-19, still not great. But, hey, the missed free throw is the reason we won that game. That off the rebound by Gabe was phenomenal, um, and granted, you know you want to make those shots and not have to have it come down to a guy making a great play, getting a rebound in the corner. But man, was that was that place not electric after it happened? Um, was was one of the craziest plays I've seen in the Coliseum in a long time. Uh, seeing it come off, knowing you missed it, and then all of a sudden you just see Gabe just just like almost like he leaped from the from his one block and just kinda undercut him somehow and got and got that ball was was a sight to see.
2: It was and it, it was kind of cool watching it on TV because they went back and they showed the replay. And you can tell where he's kind of been in the battles. He's you know a fifth year senior. He never gets a body on him, but he doesn't dive in. He kinda waited to see and then made the quick step move to it. Like you could kind of see him thinking it through where some young guys may just dive in there and they're not in a position. The way he actually kind of hesitated and waited on it and then shot the gap, it was – he's a huge – like, he might be the heart and soul of this team.
0: I don't think there's any might about it. It's him and Taz. 100%. Yeah. uh,
2: The one thing that does concern me with this team, though, too, one of the other things is, is Taz's minutes – like at some point do you worry about him and his legs?
0: I feel like a lot of what Taz is doing seems unsustainable. The amount of minutes he's getting, the amount of offensive load he has to take. I mean, he gets later in the game and I mean he's going after his own missed shots under the rim. He's getting he's getting beat up down low whenever he's driving or playing with his back to the basket and You can just see him. He's exhausted because he's playing all but maybe two minutes a game, game in and game out, and we're still in the non-conference. He's carrying the weight of this team offensively on his back, and eventually that grind is going to get to him, whether it's an injury or him becoming more inconsistent offensively, which, I mean, hell, look at what he's doing. It'd be hard for him to sustain it. Obviously, we all hope that he does, but that's a hard thing to do. Especially when teams start keying on, in on you, and the team you're playing teams every every game in the conference play when they get started up that know they know you inside and out. So I really, I really want and think the team has to have more guys step up. I just don't know who that's going to be. We don't have a lot of guys who can who can score in multiple ways. We have guys like Malik Curry who can get to the hoop, but he can't shoot. Same with Keaty. You know, J.B. is a spot shooter, but he's not shown a lot of other ability. Trell's more of a perimeter big man. He can play a little inside, but he's still getting back from his Achilles. Like, I just don't know who that's going to be. Hey, um, Zach, you know, you kind of asked that question, right? It's Bridges with a little more aggressiveness. He is rebounding a little bit more. He's playing some defense. Also, though, I think the way Sean, they run him off so many screens and he's constantly moving – it allows the defense – excuse me, Sean moving around all these screens up, does not allow the defense to key as much on Taz as they might otherwise because they're kind of in that same mold and you've got the other guard and you have to play small out there. So they can't do as much on Taz as maybe they could if Sean was more of a, a stationary type player. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That definitely takes some pressure off his has. And Sean, you know, as hot as he can get, somebody who's, you know, primarily a shooter rather than a scorer, you know, you go hot and cold. I mean, we've seen it with him. We've it's seen it with Casey Mitchell. I mean, Beetle Bowl. a little bit of Casey Mitchell, as much as I like Casey Mitchell. I'm just saying that – Shooter role is hot and cold. It's very streaky, even amongst the best when you rely on it a lot more than, you know, just being a role player. It's something that will be concerning moving forward, which I think Sean is more than capable. But, you know, relying on him that much is going to be difficult too. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. We need as many guys as we can to supplement that offense. And I just don't see it right now. But like I said, and like we mentioned, Bridges Bridges would be that guy, and he came along once conference play started last year, so let's hope that's what happens this year. Yeah. Well, you remember last year, before conference play, he wasn't really given the time because he should not be named. After all, he who must not be named did great things. Terrible. Um, who will now remain still who shall not be named, even though he disappeared like a guy on a milk cart in the last five minutes there against Notre Dame on Saturday. <laughs> Just saying. Um, also, Zach, he's the one to bring up oh, he disappeared in the last five minutes. Now, he had a great game before then, but uh, disappeared before that. Zach, I want to bring up real quickly you said could, you know, jokingly could be the third scoring option. And my God, if you could ever find it from the free throw line, Gabe, man. He has his moments where he, you're kind of wondering why he's doing what he's doing, but he is taking the ball at the rim with a little more aggression than what he has in the past, and he is finishing from time to time. I love what Gabe's done. His offensive play has come leaps and bounds since last year. At least you can, you know, semi relatively trust him with the ball in his hands, and he he's actually added some moves to his repertoire where he can get to the basket and get a decent look instead of him just putting his head down and throwing something off the glass. So I, I commend him a ton for what he's been able to do. But <laughs> I think I think you, you said that me joking about him being the third scoring option was just that, as much as I would love for that to be the case. It's it, it's a definite joke. Although you will say this, at the end of the game, he's going to be out there on the floor because of everything he does for the team. And I thought that one three, one and I heard Hugs talk about this a little bit, Kerrigan with his length at the top, a 6'10 guy, gave his ability to funnel everything in the middle and stop penetration. You get those two guys on defense together at the end of games, along with a combination of Taz and Shawna, maybe one other player, that's going to be a nice little closing group there for us coming down the stretch. Probably Paul Cap as well in the game. I, I, like, I like our mix, man. I really do, and I think we're going to grind out a lot of games this season we're not going to be a team that people are going to want to tune in to watch because we're going to make things ugly we're going to muck it up as is going to try and get his 20 plus points sean's going to get his you know 15 plus give or take and we're going to try and beat you in the low in the low 70s to to mid 60s i feel like every game in conference play
2: well i mean that that's where this team is going to have to be um you know, and, and for Hugs, I mean, that's in his element. I mean, he doesn't want to win games in the 80s. He's, he wants to kind of grind it pleasure, I'm CJ. I think he did. Yeah. And, uh, good as that team was. Yeah. It, it, he does. He wants to grind it out. And I'm with you. I think that 1 3 1 adds a nice little wrinkle and a close at the end. I mean, it really threw UConn off. Um, you know, and like he said, you know, it, it's not be it's, 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 it's an ode to B line, but he can't do it like John did it. But, I think and also understanding, hey, you know, we can go to this and create some havoc, especially with their length, like you said, with with Polycap, with Kerrigan, with Bridges, you know, Gabe's ability to to cut things off, Um, Taz and, you know, Sean, just their motors, um, it it does give them a nice little element. But, you know, um, you're going to have to find ways to do that because there's some teams in this conference that, that can light it up in a hurry. Um, and you definitely don't want to get into track meets with them.
0: Hey, CJ, talking about track meets, talking about teams that light it up in a hurry, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up Saturday. Going to Birmingham, Zach, we're playing your Dragon Blazers. Yeah. How do you feel about that matchup, buddy? I think the Dragon Blazers don't know what's coming. I mean, I drag- think this- there's but- interesting- a Go ahead, buddy, say that it ain't no dragon blazer able to a musket shot. That's <laughs> that we know of.
2: Yeah, and, and here is something interesting I heard today. Do you know what else is going on for UAB during the basketball game? Their bowl game. Their bowl game.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> and they've actually got a uh, a decent little test in their bowl game as well. Not not one that. uh Not one that's going to be, you know, kind of just a a cakewalk there for the old Dragon Blazers in football. Should be kind of a fun game playing uh, App State, I I believe, correct, CJ? Uh,
2: Yes, I believe so.
0: And that's based off pure memory of the looking at the bowl pick-em schedules there a little bit, which we hope people will sign up and do it with us. Um, But real quick, a couple more things on basketball before we get out of here, fellas. Was that December crowd in the Coliseum for the UConn game the best December crowd that you can you can remember of recent memory, I think it has to be. Not just only because I was there, but it just felt like there was a different feel and a kind of a grit and a grind. And um, there was just something kind of, they used the word angst on Sportsline Friday. And I think there was. It was just something different about that crowd. I thought it was sick. I mean, obviously you were there. And you got to experience it in person, but watching it on TV, I mean, that place seemed like it was going bananas and you know, being an old Big East, uh, rivalry, plenty of history there. I mean, obviously it's a different story now, but in the fans opinion, you know, it resonates and brings a lot of memories from the old days. So yeah, I wasn't surprised that that place was rocking the way it was, but it was nice to see, especially after last season with no fans. This is, this is what, what it's all about. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, 12,200 strong. Wasn't a full sellout. But, man, the 12,000 that were there were giving it everything they had uh, in terms of, of, of those voice projectiles. And they were – man, and I see this too. I mean, you saw a bunch of people banging on the back of seats. And I felt like once the game got really tight, like people knew, hey, this is a game we can get that's going to look real good come March. Let's find a way to turn this thing up, give them just a little bit more energy
2: and uh, it ended up coming into fruition yeah and i, and I think you know with, with who it was helps because you know it's yukon it's it's an old big east rivalry you know a lot of a lot of memories there um with with that squad um but i mean it was it was exciting to see the coliseum um packed out loud um you're going to need more of that, especially in conference play, because um, this team really thrives off of that. Like, you, you, you can see him watching them play. Um, the crowd's going to be a huge home home court advantage, especially for this team, the way they feed off of it and play off of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, CJ. And I, I think, you know, you watch a guy like Polycap getting a block from, you know, running down a guy and, and, and pinning that ball on the backboard. You see Key Johnson, uh, you know, giving that – that on ball kind of reminding you, not of J.C., because nobody ever does that, but just, you know, sticking on a guy. You see Gabe taking charges. It's that blue-collar mentality this team has defensively. It just kind of, I think, the people West Virginia get it, and they they want to get behind that type of team. And I think at home we're going to be an extremely, extremely tough out. Now, granted our first road test is Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I mean, our one loss on the season is a neutral site loss. You know, uh, we had a nice neutral site comeback win against Clemson, and then we played Elon. So it be interesting to see how it goes on Saturday night at 5 o'clock. We know Kennedy, you know, a former Hugs assistant, going to bring a good effort and a good team, uh, you know, to the table. And it's going to be a good test for us. You know, you've heard they're going to switch defenses right and left. It's going to be a very, uh, you know, a very good challenge for us uh, for two weeks from two weeks from now when we really get into the, the meat and potatoes of the uh, the conference schedule. With the game of Texas right off the bat, I love it because I think they're highly overrated. Let's get them early, try to go down there and beat them in Austin when nobody's in the stands because, let's be real, nobody shows up at Texas basketball games, even with Beard. I'm cool with that, too. I hope they never show up. I mean, hey, Chris Beard's gonna get him there eventually. But by the time he does, we'll be in. They'll be in the SEC anyway. See me next year, right? <laughs> Who knows, Zach? Does anybody really <laughs> know? Does anybody really, really know? It's gonna be twenty twenty three. Is my bet. Uh, That's a lot of money.
2: Yeah, I I tend to kind of side with you on that one, Blaine. Twenty twenty three. I don't think it's gonna be next year, but I do. Th- I definitely think they're
0: they'll be out before that contract expires. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's one of these things too where like they they redo the deal with CBS, and I think that's the big carrot right. As soon as the CBS deal gets changed, that's when it starts kind of coming and the buyout starts coming down. I mean, hey we, we we could talk a long time about that whole SEC deal and and uh, you know what what's gonna happen to the league, not to mention our future conference foe, Houston. Uh, playing a dandy of a basketball game with Alabama on Saturday night. And then did you guys see Kelvin Sampson's reactions after they lost? Uh, That was wild. Sasson's reaction was after him. Yeah, well, Sasser was pretty bad, and then Kelvin Sampson was throwing everything but a mustard bottle down there on the court, I think.
2: Yeah, I the reaction was 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 crazy, but I I will say this though I, I've seen the play. The call was missed. Yeah, that that's goaltending. Like the ball probably wasn't going in, but you still got to make that call. Ball's in the cylinder. He, I I think he had every right to lose lose his mind there.
0: And I'll be honest with you guys too. I'm glad that group of guys that Houston has will be gone before we start playing them every year in the Big Twelve. Because that group they have right now are a bunch of dudes. They're tough. Yeah, Samson's got a squad there. He's had a squad for a while, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad those guys will be out of there because they're going to be one formidable team. But tell you what, can't wait to see them in football, huh? <laughs> football. We, we we say that, man. Get old, get old Dana. Get old, swing around there. Yeah, you know. he has coming to Morgantown. To be fun. He he'll uh he might get a mustard bottle thrown his way.
2: I was gonna say, can you imagine what the reception's gonna be like for him?
0: Oh man, they're gonna have to have every trooper in the state coming for that one. <laughs> do we break the we break the quarters out in the football stadium? Oh uh, don't let's not do that. No, uh, I'm but, sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean people used to chuck batteries at people down there, Zach. So I mean hey, hey, it can't only, be anywhere.
2: We only reserve that for Pitt and, and, and Keith May, okay? Dana people. might be on that level. Yeah, he might be.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't I don't lie. I don't wanna go there, but you know. All day. Slinging around. He wears a well, boxer hat. He's doing my <laughs> baby. Hey, and you know what, Zach? It is it is his the season, man. You kind of have been talking about wanting that all year, buddy. So, you know, I mean if, I also, I saw he yeah. wore it in the championship game there against Cincinnati. It wasn't the visor, it was the hat and it didn't go well for him. I'll put the I'll put the address to the old homestead on the social media page. Somebody, somebody, send me one of those hats. Make my make my season. Yeah, I mean, hey, the the big red man. You know, you never know. He might uh, he, you put it on you put it on your list, Zach, and you and you be good. You be a good guy. All year. he might he might send it to you. By the way, fellas, talking about that, there are now, and I don't know. I just got to bring it up. We're we're in the season, right? Uh, there are dog treats that are called lumps of coal. Worth looking into, especially when you got one like Ranger Roo over here, my my little dog. And we got a little basketball team here. We got five we got five dogs and cats right together. He's the Gabo's the boy of the crew. Mouthy, but plays some mad defense. And uh, he gets lumps of coal typically in his stockings for Christmas. But in the best way. Oh, he's in the best, in the best way. He's my guy. But you know, he gets lumps of coal in the stocking, <laughs> got a team of dogs. Yeah, they do. They're a bunch of dogs. Best defensive group in Brookhaven. I tell you that much right now. Wouldn't want to step to them. Not even old Max with their chances. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, old oh, Max would be he. he he's a, he's more truck bright defensively. I think. Oh yeah, just puts his head down and goes. Yeah, exactly, fellas. Glad we got to talk a little hoops, talk some football before. Glad that you be back out here. Well, um, Zach, we'll hopefully uh, we'll have we'll have another one for bowl, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to to bring you off the bench periodically um, as as the season kind of kind of winds through here through Big Twelve play, buddy. I appreciate it, man, and uh, we'll we'll definitely this will not be the last dance, my friend. Oh, not at all. To um, so see you later, not a goodbye. Just a little high. Absolutely, just get, I don't mind. But glad to be on and looking forward to the next one, man. Hey, well, you know what, make, Hey, Merry! Yeah, and, and like you said, Zach, you know, tell 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 them Merry Christmas for you, buddy. Uh, me and CJ will be back with some more, some bowl pick them, and man, Zach, we'll, we're gonna get you back in here before Christmas, buddy. You, you're gonna be on yeah. the bowl, the bowl special, man. So so, well, you know, season regardless. Yeah, yeah, maybe may a happy Hanukkah for somebody or something. <laughs> Absolutely. We're all, we're all inclusive here on the porch. Exactly right, man. Exactly right. This the season. Well, hey, fellas. Thanks for joining. And, uh, till next time, y'all take it easy. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Let's get ready for Saturday versus Zach's Dragon Blazers. Get to 10 and one and then take out Calhoun's crew next Wednesday. 11 and one non-conference. Sounds pretty good to me. bring them out bring out bring out bring out it's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth bring them out 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 bring them out
2: bring them out bring them out